There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast, it's me, Helen Thorne. And it is me, Ellie Gibson. And Ellie, we are thrilled today, collectively thrilled, that we've got Zena Muller on the podcast. Hello, Zena. Hello, thank you for having me. So, Zena, yes. now we adore you and love your work, but can you tell the listener, who the hell are you? Well, I am Zena Muller. I am a 48-year-old mum and journalist and now author. I am mum to Zane, who is eight I have to think I'm perimenopausal as well so I often forget uh, and Yasmin who is six and they're both lush wow so you you're you're what's termed as a geriatric mother which is a revolting term <laughs> nice, a- nice reminder of that at the top of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so who's, who's cold <laughs> I'm proud I'll be a geriatric mum yeah oh, how, how old wow. were you Zena when you had your first little one then I was 39 when I had Zane Right, and then when I had Yasmin, I was forty-one, and that's geriatric, is it? According to the the, do- the medical profession, yeah, wow. and a term I think they still use. <laughs> I mean, I've got incontinence, so I probably I, am. It's, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it this way: I'm never running for a bus again. <laughs> it's not worth it, man. Another one will come. <laughs> I'm not pissing my pants to get a bus. So now tell us about your ter- parenting style, Zena, because you you famously said uh, you have little in common with Gwyneth. I mean, are you mm. saying you don't steam your vagina like the rest of us? What's going on? <laughs> That's you exactly let what go. I'm saying. Exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure she's a really nice person, you know, so let's, you know, I'm not hating on her or anything like that. But, you know, when you say in an interview that you're, the only kids you, you tell you, uh, the only telly your kids can watch are cartoons in French and Spanish. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you're fair game, really. I and I, you know, my kids are watching Teen Titans Go and and Bluey. You know, in in Latin or <laughs> in, in good old Aussie for Bluey. Well, what a lovely language that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, we, I'm sure she's very nice, like I say. But it's, it was a joke. I made. I said it ages ago. But it's. But she. You know. I. My kids don't have Swiss chard spanakopita. I'm lucky if I can get them to have dairy Leon toast. Is all I'm saying. Oh, that's that's protein and carbs. That's a good day. You've been a parent for eight nine years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been? How long have you been banging on about it on the internet? Well. You know, in my very small internet space, I've been banging on now since about 2015. 
and I think like I don't know like when you guys started out but it was it was a, a time when you know you're in the eye of the shitstorm and I think Yasmin was about four months old and acid reflux had come back into our lives oh, and we had no. a horrendous time with Zane it was fucking awful and you know I just, uh, thankfully they dealt with it really quickly when it came round the second time with Yasmin because apparently if your first one has it the second one's more likely to have it and I'd woken up I think after one really hideous night and just thought like a lot of mum bloggers like a lot of mum bloggers I'm going to spew my rage on the internet and I did I just I started a blog called Words of the Mothers and it, I know I'm so glad I did it just it, I did it because I did want to find those other feral mums like yourselves maybe um, who, who I'll take who, feral that's fine yeah. that's quite apt badge yeah. of honour badge of honour but I, just because you you do you need that kind of camaraderie of, of women that have that same dark sense of humour as you and you know and who will say yeah shit and you know you're allowed to say that that's totally okay and I, d- and I found it I found it with that with words of the mothers I found a lot of like minded women who felt exactly the same way as me we get asked this a lot and I do want to ask you because I'm never quite sure what to say to be honest because people always ask us um, you know do you think it's changed do you think it's getting better in terms of um, you know there's less of a sort of aspirational thing around motherhood on social media now because there are more people like us talking about you know vomit and things it's hard isn't it because it's like you create your own echo chamber mm. so you know like I follow you guys and I can't and I love hurrah for June and you know and I love loads of different types of mums that generally speak the truth about it but it, it's still there there is the perfect parenting I think it's maybe it's like in a different form with like the kind of with the influencer thing mm. that you kind of like the perfect parenting isn't like how it started off like in the blogging world where it's like some you know journey into motherhood that's all lovely and kind of pretty now it is kind of like yes I might swear but I also look really good in this top mm. you know and, th- and there's a mm. different kind of pressure that comes from that I think so I th- I do on the one hand I do think it has changed which it had to but on the other hand I think there is just another form of pressure that comes I think largely from Instagram there's obviously a market for that though as well because there are lots of influencers mm. who do really well with presenting that sort of pastel sort of aspirational version of motherhood and I sort of feel like well maybe we should just allow these things to coexist what we would say the truth of the dirty nappies and the sort of wine and and you know maybe people like looking at the nice like for example I like I really like um I really like Mrs Hinch which is a very on brand because she's all about cleaning right and definitely yeah. clean but I do look at her pictures and go oh that's nice so I guess I'm saying is the responsibility or is this again putting another pressure on people is the responsibility on us to curate what we look at and how we feel about it or or do you think influencers do need to take more responsibility themselves there is an onus on a certain amount of what you've got to take responsibility for and by that I mean if you're kind of commodifying feminism Mm. by saying like I'm liberating you from that mumsy coat oh fuck off you know it's not um it's not society that puts the pressure on me to wear my mumsy coat. It's it's necessity, you mm. know. Or if I've just 
if I'm wearing leggings and <laughs> and look yeah. terrible, it's just because that's that's the way. But you're right to go back to that point. You are right. It's actually yes, you can, you can. And it, it, I've been asked, as I'm sure you have, a lot. Like, what's your advice to to new mums? Well, it's that you know, just if if it's making you feel like shit, if 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 it's whether it be Instagram or the pages of Mums Net, don't do it. And I think I think what's good about where we're at now is that there is such a variety of voices mm. that beforehand, like when I I became a mum like nearly thirteen years ago, and I just remember the, the the panic in my NCT group's eyes about what day they were doing the Annabelle Carmel book or whether they were reaching the milestone for what to expect when you're mm. expecting, and there was there was very few options, or you know you felt like you had to fit into a particular mould if you yeah. didn't have like a strong. I know Ellie has magnificent parents and. A a much she had a much more stronger sense of self than I did and I, I felt like oh god where's the tick box what what do I have to do and mm. I think now I think now that there are so many different versions of motherhood that are displayed that you can sort of find you can kind of find your tribe or you can find something that will speak to you that yeah. you don't feel like you have to be every woman <laughs> um you know you don't have to you don't have to you know make the organic cupcakes or show your messy laundry or you know walk around in your pants and talk about body positivity like you don't have to be all those things no you mentioned your blog there Zena, but never mind that you've got a book tell us about your book Oh, I don't like to go on about it, but uh, yes, I've got <laughs> well, a book. that's why you're here, so you better start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've written a book, and it's everything I've learned about motherhood from my single parent dad. Uh, my dad's been a single parent since I was about eight, and I'm the middle kid of his three children. When my mum and dad got divorced. Um, for complicated and personal reasons, my, my dad ended up with sole custody of the three of us. And he was just amazing. So he kind of, he did everything, you know, just the cleaning, the cooking, the the washing, the ironing. He did ironing. He was that parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did all the driving. He took us to all our, you know, after school clubs. He He didn't miss a parent's evening. He was just superb you know like a really I mean he, he was a really honest parent and a single parents is you probably know Helen as well you just you're not going to hide how you're feeling you can and I think that's a very good example of parenting as well to have that to see like it's difficult not to you know I could be I'm very you know nostalgic and very sort of that the book is about being a tribute to our dad but it's also you know there's an honesty to it as well um and also, like, my dad's an Indian Muslim man. And, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes about that, you know, about Muslims, but Muslim men in particular, and particularly them being, you know, um, sort of cold and humorless and stern and and zealous in their beliefs. And my dad couldn't be less those things Mm. you know he was just so nurturing so kind he's hilarious although obviously don't say I said that if you ever meet him I mean why would you but just in case (laughs) because he's already got quite a big head you know with with the book he goes he goes up to town and he's saying that people are recognizing him and he's he said you know I'm like a I'm like a star now Zena (laughs) I go are you dad are you really yes 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 you know why because I wasn't just 
a good parent. I was a very good parent, <laughs> according to your book. <laughs> Created a monster. Yes, I have. <laughs> he's just, he, but he's loving it, and, and quite rightly so. He deserves all the tribute. He's just amazing. I, I find myself, when I talk about him, you do just list kind of adjectives because it's so hard to really articulate it and I and maybe you know this Helen as well when you're in it as a as you know raising children alone and you know your kids will see it it's just you know I'm in awe of, mm. of what you have to do there's just no there's no respite yeah and and I think what's interesting is that you know there we all know that there's at, at the moment there's two million single parents in the UK mm-hmm. and at one stage one in three parents will be a single parent so it's not like this is a rare thing mm. but I think the voices of single parents is very underrepresented and, and often very misrepresented and I think you know and I'm hoping I can change that a little bit in the work that I do but I'm I'm sure when you when you're talking about you know 30 years ago or 40 years ago for a father to raise three children by himself was was probably quite unique yeah I I mean it it was you know and that's the if you say to my dad you know dad you know how did you do it he'll say you know and this makes me extra proud of him but he'll say I coped the same way a a single mum coped you know I I can only ever do the accent when I talk about a dad because (laughs) and Ellie and I cannot do that accent so we'll leave that one to you it's my it's my birthright (laughs) you see (laughs) you you, please do (laughs) but you're allowed to you're honorary now you're allowed to Happy for you to no, I would like to still have a career. <laughs> You've got actual Indian heritage. We haven't. You can do the accent. It starts to turn into mind yeah. your language on your podcast. We probably should draw the line somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he'll he'll say to you, you know, like well he know well people would say to him, God, you know, how'd you cope without a mother figure around? He'll you know, he will he'd always observe that, you know, no one's saying that to the single mum. They're saying that to him you know mm. because he's a dad and because and it was rare it's true but it's obviously like by by saying stuff like that you're perpetuating this idea that blokes can't be nurturing and thus you put in you know the onus on women mm. to do more you're, you're giving men a license to 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 not be nurturing and to to pull their weight by saying you know mm. well you can't be raising kids by yourself if you haven't got a woman around women are great I, I, I will say that but um you know but I, I think I think that's it and I mean and you had to go through puberty with your dad how was that like you know in terms of you know, all the all womanly things like getting your period and 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 those sort of teen years what was that like um growing up with a single father it I mean to be honest with you like my dad you know he didn't we didn't have the period chat and he didn't you know walk me through puberty or take me bra shopping all those things he he kind of we kind of muddled through it and because I am a generation x woman like a lot of my friends had said that they'd had quite similar experiences where they never had those chats with their mums either they just woke up and found a a box of tampax in their room you know and uh, I kind of I had a big sister who could do some of that kind of explaining to me as well and I learned a lot from friends and from school so he his kind of real I suppose headache of puberty for him was just the moods you know he was just I mean I've got a lot of karma coming back to me put it that way 
But I know you, you talk about it now as like this very positive experience. At the time, you know, because the three of us, I'm sure we've all, well, I don't want to speak for you, but certainly I know Helen and I could be very temperamental teenage girls who, you know, mm. hated everything at the best of times. So when you were in it growing up, did you mm. did you sort of recognise your dad, what he was doing and, and, you know, how hard he was working? Or was it just like, oh, like most teenage girls dad, are about everything? It was totally the latter. You know, you just, you. D- I did, I did, I did recognise it. I think there was one particular row, and I remember, and I can't remember what I was accusing him of, not understanding. But I was saying, you just don't understand. And I was really upset about. It. So it was probably about curfews. He was, he was strict. I mean, he was probably quite true to stereotype in that sense that you know I wasn't allowed out late. But we were having this big row, really shouty row, and I probably said I hated him, something like that. Really awful. But and him, um, he just I, I just said you never you just never understand. And he said something like, "You know, see, I'm not made that way." And I think and I it hit me I think in that point that like he was just reminding me of who he was. You know, it's like when he says he's not made that way, he's talking about his own culture. You know, mm. he's he just he you know we were never going to have those heart to hearts because it just wasn't the way it was in his culture as kind and as loving and as nurturing as he was he just you know didn't know how to kind of communicate with those feelings you know and even now like with the book and I said do you like the book and firstly I got bollock for swearing (laughs) and then and then he kind of said you know he was he he, he, you could tell he was quite touched and I thought is he gonna cry you know, and it and it really sort of blew, it blew me away a bit because obviously we just he's he's reading stuff that probably I've never really said to him. You know, how conscious were you of sort of of this being a different setup to what the setup that most people or a lot of people were in, especially thirty forty years ago? Like you're saying, it wasn't as common um, mm. for parents to be single. How how much of that was that were you aware of? Was it just like well, the, no, this is what we're doing. You know, I mean, you are you right? I mean, you're sort of constantly aware of it because there was no other my dad was the only brown face in in my the town that I grew up in and he's where was that where did you grow up Zena so so I grew up in a town just outside of Bristol okay um a town called Nails it's really small and it was just it was completely white so this is you know we moved there in the late 70s and so yeah my dad you know stood out because there weren't any other brown faces at all in the area and he's also you know after my mum left he was a single parent and that really you know you can't you there's no you can't hide from that you just stand out like a sore thumb and you're very aware of certain things I remember like I wrote a piece for Stella about this recently but I remember um not long after my mum leaving and my dad had like um ironed like I say he's one of the rare parents that ironed but he'd ironed my cardigan I, don't, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't. This do that is now, next so. level stuff. I don't think I've ever. That owned feels a very unnecessary. I don't think, I I don't think we even re- own any cardigans. I mean, this is <laughs> <No>. astonishing stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so he'd iron my school cardigan, and he, and the iron was too hot, and he burnt the back of the of the thing. But I, because there was nothing clean, I had to wear it anyway. And this teacher and I was, um, we were all queuing up to go into assembly had seen the back of my cardigan oh, what's, it, what's that scene on the back of your cardigan and I said oh oh yeah my dad um, my dad burnt my um, cardigan this morning and I, there wasn't a clean one and 
and I looked at her face I thought well, she's gonna cry <laughs> you know she, she was just so she was so she went oh, okay I hope you I hope you're helping your um father out at home Zena and kind of <laughs> shuffled off and it was like you know it was sweet she but I thought oh yeah that's she's looking at me like oh, you're you've you're being brought up by your single dad and he's burnt your cardigan and... but did you feel that were you sad about that or not until she said that were you just like oh yeah dad whatever fuck I mean I was like eight I was really eight right. so I wasn't even I wasn't even kind of I just looked at her and thought god she's gonna cry <laughs> and then and I, I wasn't aware of it I didn't feel sad about that I think you know, it's like you know certainly with single parents they just get on with it everything's at such a you know such a pace that you're not really registering you're just getting through stuff mm. and and as a family of three like with your siblings do you mm-hmm. think you were closer because you had um a, you were part of a single parent family like how did that sort of do you think impacted your relationship with your um your brothers and sisters i'm a hundred percent i think so i think single parent families are often really close because you you are you just go through so much you're you're bonded by the fact that especially when you've got a foreign parent you know like I like I mentioned your birthright is to, is doing the accent you know and you've got all these things that kind of that make you laugh but also there's also the certainly when you've got you know someone like my dad doing everything by himself that you do kind of get closer together because because it's inevitable really I suppose you've got shared experiences and you 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 love that parent so much because and certainly because my dad was solely raising us he wasn't co-parenting, co-parenting he was solely raising us you can't help but you know have this immense bond with that parent even if it is you know shouty swearing <laughs> matches when you're teenagers it's it, you're really you know just so close because they're your everything you become each other's worlds can honestly say i could depend on my dad for absolutely anything uh if you killed a man would he help you bury the body yeah <laughs> definitely excellent he'd, he'd, he'd say to me you know Zina, i don't like it no you <laughs> shouldn't have killed him no okay well i'll get the patio up uh, <laughs> and i'll help you but that's it no more you can't ask me anything else then <laughs> until the next man i kill Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com 
you you have mentioned that you've um, experienced racism, uh, and um, so how did you discuss that as a family? Were there were there particular strategies that you or, or advice that your dad would give you? Well, actually, so when I was at school, I had you know a number of kind of this so-called jokes that you have to deal with, you know, some really cruel things said about my dad, and I never told my dad. You know, at the time, I never told my dad. I just, but when I came to write the book, I told him, and he'd he said, you know, you never told me what happened, and I felt, I felt also because you you know it's quite a hard thing to say to your parents. I'm obviously white skinned, and my dad's brown skinned, and because of you, I'm getting this kind of abuse and this kind of, you know, horrible teasing. I didn't want to do that to him. You know, mm. I didn't want to tell him. So there there was no real strategies. But I think, you know, as I learned quite quickly, the the best way to, to sort of deal with it when someone is saying horrible things about your parent is to stand up for yourself. And that's it. That took a lot. You know, I'm, I'm quite mouthy, you know, <laughs> and I think those those are the things that kind of those are the experiences that sometimes they do shape you like that. They do make you think, you know fuck off I'm not going to keep quiet Mm. you know I'm not going to accept that you can tell me oh it's just a joke but I'm telling you it's not funny and and how how do you think your experience as a child influenced your own parenting because you're now in a in a couple I think currently that's right Zena I'm I'm Um, my current husband yes yes your current husband excellent (laughs) um so how do you think because obviously you've got your your experiences of childhood and parenthood and and he brings Mm. that and and then you have to meld those together I guess like with my dad it's I mean it's a bit boring but it's the truth it's like first and foremost like all a kid needs is you know unconditional love so no matter what the family makeup that's all uh, you know they need and they will be so they'll be fine for that as long as they have that Mm. they'll be all right I know that you know Pete's background was that and mine was that so we just carry that forward I, I do make the kids aware you know about about who I am and they've asked you know about not having a grandma on on my side and things like that and it's you know I well I they're too young for me to kind of go into the details of that I make them aware that that is just the family I had but that was still my family you know um and I've also kind of you know with having a single parent home but also having a brown single parent I make them aware of what our dad what our dad's gone through as well I think they're old enough to know that and I think that my dad being South African for example that that certainly comes into play like this is what this is the life that he had you know he couldn't when we go I don't go like every time we go to a coffee shop you know Papa wouldn't have been allowed in South Mm. Africa if this was a whites only but I do kind of say that sometimes that's you know the sort of life that my dad had growing up in South Africa it was it was hard and it was racist they they he wasn't allowed on certain parts of the beach he wasn't allowed to we weren't allowed to vote <laughs> he wasn't allowed to you know go into certain coffee shops he, he greeted yeah. the queen as a brown person waving his flag amazing so they were allowed to do that brown people they were allowed to wave at the queen they but... were allowed to wave, but only if they stayed within the pen Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. They weren't so allowed to use the same toilet as her or drink in the same no, cafe. No, no, no. Silly, or in any kind of white person. It was basically you had, they greeted the Queen 
in accordance to the colour of their skin. Really? You want to? What? You want to get my dad started on this because seasons will come and go outside. You know, <laughs> they talk about the Afrikaners. It started with the British because obviously, you know, like if you know anything about sort of Gandhi, Gandhi was a part of like that. Um, he's a South African Indian, like my dad, and he was he, his experience of racism was under British rule. They had whites only areas and things like that, but that was under the kind of you know. Under the guise of the Queen, they don't. They don't have a very good track record. Uh, the British, actually, um, outside. <laughs> I mean, as an Australian, they didn't do particularly lovely things either. But yeah, if you do, <laughs> if you ever meet my dad, which I feel you will, mm. <laughs> brace yourself because there'll be a lot of politics. It sounds like it's very important for you then for your kids to know about their their heritage and that even if it's not all you know roses and waving at the Queen. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It, it really is, Ellie. I think if you know, it, they don't look... They've got Muslim names, Zayn and Yasmin, but they they look less Asian than I do. But I want them to be proud of it. I want them to be 100% proud of it. I want them to know everything that's kind of... that I've gone through, that that their papa's gone through. And, and you know, that's the way I want to raise them. That's mm. the way we should all want to really raise our kids, isn't it? So, so even if it's not while it's in our family I want them to be aware of it in other cultures you know Mm. and how do you talk to them about the racism that exists in this country today towards Muslims still I mean I I relate it very much to Papa you know to to my dad so that they can see and it it made Zane cry once and I felt terrible about that I I think it was like Nigel Farage (laughs) Nigel Farage was on the telly. Big fan of his work. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. Very misunderstood. Very misunderstood, man. Very intelligent. Sexy. Yes. I I do not understand people's problems with Nigel Farage. The man is misunderstood. But I'd seen him on telly and I made an involuntary noise, so we say. And it was, I think... I mean, I might have sworn under my breath or something. I can't remember. But but Zane picked up on it. And he said, you know, why don't you like that, that man? It was primarily, I mean, there's a thousand reasons not to like that man, but I'd I'd use the example of, as you mentioned there, Ellie, of Islamophobia and said, you know, he wouldn't like someone like my dad. He wouldn't like someone like Papa. Um, and, you know, and that made Zane cry. And it, mm. I, I felt awful. But then I thought, actually, you know what? It's, I don't want my, I don't want my son to be too, like, oh my God, the world's horrible. But at the same time, you think, no, I do. I want him to have an understanding Mm. that there are, you know, some cunts out there. Yes, that's a very good... uh, That's very good for parenting, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go back. I want him to be aware. (laughs) I'll say it again. But I want him to be aware that there are some people in the world that just aren't, you know... Just say cunts. Just go with cunts. We can say say cunts, absolutely. Because that's the word. Yeah, I mean, yes. is there a better word for Nigel Farage? Uh, fucking cunt. How about that? Oh, yeah. I like that. That's more. That's I like the emphasis. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely mm. brilliant. I've got an English degree. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> that was not wasted. That was not no. wasted. Excellent. Mm. Wow, my goodness, we've covered a lot of topics, Thorns. Excellent. I know. Islamophobia, cunts. I mean, it's all the hits. All the hits. <laughs> yes. Who and who cannot do accents? I tell you what, shall we have some scummy mummy confessions? Go on, Zena. I'm sure you've got some doozies. Well, okay. 
I'm not a very confident driver and I passed my test when I was like 38 and then got pregnant with Zane shortly after and was a bit nervous about driving so didn't but when I fell pregnant with Yasmin we'd left Bristol and we'd moved to the village that we now live in and I knew I was gonna have to start driving because the bus service is shit here and I was about to go on maternity leave so anyway started driving I was going to Tesco and I had both Zane and Yasmin with me Zane was about three Yasmin was about nine months old in her car seat and I'd seen the car, which was parked on the road, was kind of sandwiched between two parked cars and then proceeded to do like a 22 point turn to get out of this tight spot and, and eventually got out. And I kind of, when I freed myself, I swung out onto this drive opposite. And as I sort of swung round, I saw there was two cars queued up and had been waiting me for the for the duration of the 22 point turn. And the car behind her I recognised as... Um, a car that belonged to the great auntie cantankerous great auntie of my neighbor and she'd like leaned out the car window and she'd gone what a ridiculous place to park and i was like oh god and i realized i was kind of obstructing the road so i thought oh fuck okay so i sort of moved up a bit towards this garage to sort of let them go round my car but because I was quite nervous, I hadn't re- nervous of touching the garage, I hadn't realised that I hadn't kind of moved up enough and like the arse of the car was kind of hanging out in the road. Great auntie, McTory Chops, comes like lumbering up in her jag and she really sort of labours the point as she's going round the arse of my car and I can see in the rear view she's like really staring at me horribly. I was like, oh fuck, I better say something. So I put the window down and I went, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I'm a, I'm a new driver and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very confident. And she just, carried, just carried on glaring back at me. And I was like, oh. And then I went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I put, I put the window back up. And as I was, like, steering away, trying to get away from her, I think probably mounted a bin as I did it, um, Zane led forward and went, what, why did you say thank you to that lady? <laughs> Because she was the kind lady was helping me with my driving. Uh, Don't tell Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) What a lovely story. Have you got one for us uh, today, Thorne? I'm just a dreadful person at the moment because I've got this big thing due. And um, yeah, so basically I looked at my bank statement and I've got 25 Deliveroo um, (laughs) items. So I'm just getting, (laughs) I'm just living off takeaway. And just before I started this, because I know it's a running theme on the podcast, I just Deliveroo'd myself three cans of diet coke she's very bad she's <laughs> very, very bad just i'm just a lazy mess I've, I've, i think i've put on about a stone in a week i'm just living off like chicken burgers and kebabs oh, yeah, living like a, i just i'm so gross i'm just so gross i will have to i'll have to have some kind of fucking anal cleanse by this i'll stick a garden hose up my ass to go and get rid of the, the toxins because it's so bad it'll do it and i'm i'm smoking too much i, I smell like a bin um, basically, I'm just saying I'm a mess. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the last days of Rome. It's survival. Do you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, I did, yeah. like, I've, I've, I've got a permanent fork at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I just kind of run under the tap in the bathroom upstairs and then just eat it and then I'm just surrounded by Coke cans oh jeez I mean it's just like Hemingway basically Ellie I mean, I've, exactly yeah. exactly it's Hemingway just... was a student maybe yeah. Or, yeah. or a really fucking lazy 42 year old woman I mean hey it's no, survival you know babes 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 needs babes. must I've like just like got coffee cups I had yeah anyway it's 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 yeah I'm getting there I'm I'm trying to eat healthily but you know some days it works some days like yesterday it gets to three o'clock and I go nope I want nachos I want nachos <laughs> I want half an entire bar of cheddar grated over oh, it yeah. put some kidney beans in there for fibre but whatever do you know what I mean also pretend. yeah whole tub of creme fraiche at, oh, can so I get good. those on delivery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you what, yeah you pay me £3.49 I'll pop on my bike get pizza and drop them around <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm gonna to have to go and cook some nachos now it's all right good. i think you're better um xena where can people find your book on amazon i know it's dirty mm. but it kind of helps writers like me get some visibility and it's called Quality. everything i've learned about motherhood from my single parent dad oh what's your dad's name hamid mullah shout out hamid mullah uh big up from the scummy mummies we're, we're big fans aren't we helen oh love his work thank you so much Zena muller for joining us on the podcast thank you as from june uh we are back on the road so all the dates and places at scummymummies.com and we've got some new merch don't we from scummymummiesshop.com yeah we've got a gin mug now we've got mother hoodies father hoodies all sort of go and have a look scummy mummy shop it's very, and, very uh, good stuff yeah it's all coming together i mean mm. who knows so, but sort <laughs> yeah sort of it's, it's never really coming together it no. might come together one day it might not no one knows um probably not but anyway thank you uh thank you everyone for listening and thanks again Zena, for being a lovely guest until next time bye-bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called ByHeart, and it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.